just saying, you know, here's what God says. I believe it. We are moving on. And I can tell you this, that you can reach that stage in your life about many things and most things. Now, the truth is, listen, the longer you and I live, the greater our faith should be. And we talk about great faith, and oftentimes we don't even think about what that is, but great faith is just what I've described. It's the kind of faith that holds on. It's the kind of faith that's rightly focused. It's the kind of faith that's wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. It's the kind of faith, listen, the life which revolves around the person of God, that's the person who's going to have great faith. You can't live in sin, disobey God, and have great faith because it's going to short-circuit your faith. It requires living obediently before Him. doesn't mean you'll never sin, but it certainly means that your heart is bent toward Him. That's where you lean to. That's what you desire to do. We all have our weaknesses, our frailties, and our failures, but that's where our heart is, and God honors the heart that is bent toward Him. Now, what about this great faith? Well, let's look at, uh, let's look at some examples of that. Look, if you will, first of all, in Matthew chapter 8 again, and... Uh, I want you to look in the uh, beginning in verse 5. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5. Now again, don't put yourself in some position here where you say, well now, yeah, but this is not the same incident. It doesn't make a difference what kind of situation you and I come to. The principle is the same. It works. Look what happens. Verse 5. And when he, that is Jesus, had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him entreating him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering great pain. And he said to him, I'll come and heal him. Listen to that. Your servant's suffering, I'll come and heal him. And look at this. But the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy of you to come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, why did he say that? Look at this. This was not speaking to some strange itinerant preacher. He said, for I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, truly I say to you, I've not found such great faith with one, anyone in Israel. Now, what's going on here? This man, listen, he has seen, he has observed, he's heard. He said, I too am a man under authority, which says, he saw Jesus Christ for who he was the Son of God, under the authority of the Father. He says, I too am a man under authority. And I say to this servant, you go. And I say to this soldier here, you go. They do exactly what I tell you. He said, now all I want you to do is just say the word. You, I'd love for you to come home with me. You don't even have to come home. All you have to do is say the word. Now let me ask you a question. What was that man's focus on? What was he focused on? His paralyzed servant? Is that what he was focused on? What was he focused on? He was focused on Christ he, because he says, I too am a man of, of authority. That is, he saw Jesus Christ for who he was. He was the Son of God. He was a man with awesome authority who could speak and something happened. He'd heard, he had seen, he had watched things happen. He said, all I want you to do, just say the word and my servant will be healed. That is great faith because what happens? He's over the struggle. Speak the word. I believe if you'll say it. Listen, if he had little faith, he'd have said, yes, please come home. Let's hurry and get home to my servant. No, he said, you don't even have to go. Now, how's that for great faith? You don't even have to go. All you have to do is say it. Now, listen, when you and I can reach the stage in our faith in any given circumstance in which we are faced, and we're struggling, and God lays upon our heart a passage of Scripture that relates directly or indirectly, the principle is there to whatever that need is. And God says, here's what I'll do. 
you and I can thank him for his promise, claim that, and have what? And have great faith. The Father has made this promise, and if he's made the promise, I'm going to trust him. May not be exactly like I want it, I'm trusting him. May not be when I want it, I'm trusting him. May not be exactly what I was, uh, exactly the way I expected, I'm trusting him. Great faith says, if he says it, he will do it. Dr. Stanley's message urged us to study the scriptures and meditate on the character of God. Becoming familiar with our Heavenly Father and His ways allows believers to embrace the evidence for our faith and become confident to move forward with firm trust in Him. We'll hear more about the stages of faith tomorrow. And to listen again, look for the link to Today on Radio at intouch.org. If you'd like a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, The Stages of Faith, drop by our bookstore page to place your order. Or order his teaching set, Learning to Walk by Faith. Again, log on to intouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. To write to us, address your letter to In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. If the Holy Spirit has prompted us to do one thing, but we've decided on something else, we're heading in the wrong direction. Today's Moment with Charles Stanley is coming up. In our spiritual journey, we often have questions. How do I know God's will for my life? Does God hear my prayers? Why do bad things happen? The answers are found in the Word of God. But how do we know where to start? The free In Touch devotional can help point you in the right direction with biblically-based content from Dr. Charles Stanley. You'll gain insight and wisdom through daily devotions, Bible studies, and more. The In Touch devotional, delivered monthly to your mailbox. Subscribe for free at intouch.org daily. Trusting God each day can be a challenge, but working to grow that trust brings greater joy and peace than we could ever find on our own. In Trusting God with Today, the 365-day devotional from the teachings of Dr. Charles Stanley, we are encouraged to believe in God's love and rest in His purpose for us. Available now at intouch.org today. You're listening to In Touch. You can never justify disobedience to God. With a reminder for believers, here's A Moment with Charles Stanley. Do you remember the last time you ran from God? So, oh, I've never run from God. Yes, you have. You know, how do you know? You don't even know me. How do you know I've run from God? Because all of us have. Well, how do you run from God? Well, it's real simple. When God tells us to do something and we choose not to do it, and we head in the other direction, we're running from God. Now, you may be walking in the process, but you're running from God. We've all done it. We've all paid the price, but oftentimes we forget that. And some people are running from God who do not even realize exactly what's happening in their life. People run to all kind of things. You don't run from God to nothing. You run from God to something or to somebody, whatever it might be. And so, whatever the issues in a person's life, remember this, that whatever our issue is, we can never justify disobeying God. A person says, well, I know what God says, and then they add that three-letter word, but. Everything on the other side of but is a waste of time. 
When God tells us to do something, remember this. He has a purpose behind it, number two. It is a good purpose, number three. It's for our good and more than likely for the good of someone else also at the same time. So when God says to you, here's what I want you to do, and you say, well, God has never said it to me that way. Well, what you need to do is to ask God, Lord, speak to me in such a way that I understand. He doesn't speak to everybody the same way. But one thing for sure, he does speak. He speaks through his word. He speaks through our conscience. He speaks through the Holy Spirit. The problem is most people never take time to listen. They're so busy, busy, busy doing this and this and that and watching the other. They don't take time to listen to see if God has something to say. God doesn't just speak to pastors. He doesn't just speak to missionaries or musicians or people who are on church staffs. He speaks to everyone who's willing to listen to him. He wants to give you direction and guidance. And the safest place to be in life, listen, is in the center of the will of God. And the worst place you can be is outside the will of God. And people get outside the will of God because they are on their way somewhere else running to something other than God. Our resources at intouch.org can help you learn how to discern God's direction for your life. And if today's program encouraged you to invest more deeply in your relationship with Christ, we'd love to hear from you. Today's message made a distinction between little faith and great faith. We'll hear more of Dr. Stanley's explanation of the stages of faith Wednesday on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. In his book, Doubts About Darwin, A History of Intelligent Design, Thomas Woodward described how early detractors from Darwin's theory criticized the way it personified nature. After all, according to Darwin, quote, the origin of species, which was the title of his book, occurred by means of natural selection. But who did the selecting? Somehow, nature. Darwin's argument relied on an analogy between animal husbandry and what nature does when she, quote-unquote, selects only the fittest to survive, thus driving the evolutionary process. However, this analogy conflated the intentionality behind human breeders with natural processes, implying that nature has a will and a purpose and is trying to get somewhere, which is precisely the sort of intelligent causation that Darwinism supposedly refutes. Yet there are even bigger gaps in the Darwinian view of nature. The most daunting is how an intention-free universe made the leap from non-living matter to living things in the first place. What if, instead of a process limited only to biology, Darwinian evolution was promoted to a fundamental law that governs all physical reality? Well, that's exactly what some scientists have tried to assert, most recently in a much-heralded paper that was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Lead author Robert Hazen of the Carnegie Institution for Science explains, quote, We see evolution as a universal process that applies to numerous systems, both living and non-living, that increase in diversity and patterning throughout time, end quote. In other words, everything evolves in a Darwinian manner, including, and I quote here again, atoms, minerals, planetary atmospheres, planets, stars, and more, end quote. Well, how is that possible? According to the paper's nine authors, non-living systems evolve toward greater complexity if they are, first, formed from many different components, such as atoms, molecules, or cells that can be rearranged. Second, are subject to natural processes that cause different arrangements to be formed. And third, if only a small fraction of all these configurations survives or is so-called selected for function. 
non-living things by definition don't survive, which is the function nature supposedly selects for in biological evolution. So what function could nature possibly select in an atom or a galaxy? Well, believe it or not, these authors argue that existence itself is a kind of function, that systems tend to go on existing because they were selected by nature, and that we know this, in part, because those systems do, in fact, exist. Well, writing at Evolution News, intelligent design advocate David Coppage points out the flagrant personification happening here. Nature prefers functional configurations? Nature does no such thing. Because at least according to naturalism, nature has no goal, nor any notion of function. In reality, the attempt to Darwinize the entire universe, as Coppage put it, is little more than a roundabout way of admitting how well designed the universe is, and trying to come up with a force that allowed it to design itself. Set aside this circular reasoning for a moment and just ask the real question. If there is a law like this, where did it come from? Who's the lawgiver? See, this theory gets us no closer to explaining the complexity, the function, the purpose, the design, or the beauty that we see in the universe, if not the handiwork of a creator. Does nature have a preference for the kind of universe we have? Maybe so. But if she does, well, then that preference itself needs an explanation. Scientists trying to turn evolution into a theory of everything might expect nature to answer, I am who I am. But there's only one, capital O, who can truly say that. Why not just give him credit for a change? For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Shane Morris. For more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. I love this picture. I can't believe that was five years ago. We had so much fun. Those memories that pop up from social media and the photo library on your phone, they're good reminders of the special people and times in your life. You know, God gives you reminders too. Reminders of Him and His love are all around you every day. The Bible says all things were made by Him and without Him was not anything that was made. Billy Graham. That means the grass, the sun that is setting over there, the moon, the stars. He created the whole thing, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's the one that I'm asking you to bow your knee to tonight. Confess him as your Lord and trust him as your Savior. Discover more at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Thank you.